It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast in association with Marty Roberts. I'm in Marty Roberts with William Davis and Lindy McKenzie. You've just come back from the sports ground. Who did you get to talk to today, William? Uh, we had Dennis Buckley and Alton Delan and uh, Andy Friend. Dennis, that was a bit of a reality check maybe on Friday night. Leinster were very impressive and uh, it was a tough night. Yeah, um, tough, tough night, all right, tough result to take. Um, I think they, we, we actually started the game quite well, but it just shows that the, the small margins at this level when you're playing the top teams around, and to be fair to them, they are one of the, one of the top teams um, in, in Europe at the moment, if, if, not, if not the best. Um, so, yeah, it was some, some hard learnings for us to take, but um, you know, I don't think we became a bad team overnight, and we can reflect on what we did in the, the four games previous to that and have a lot of confidence in that and, and, and know that when we get stuff right, how good we can be. But... It can be a lesson for us that when we don't quite get things right against these really good teams, um, they can punish you and they will. Europe just gives you a different feel. You don't see Mont- we Connacht have played Montpellier a fair bit, but you don't see them regularly. Um, so is is that it's just an interesting challenge as as well as going to be a difficult game? Yeah, I suppose you, when you're playing teams in your league, you, you you tend to get to know them a little bit. But when it's a a French team or an English team, it's it's a little bit more. Of, you're not used to them, maybe a little bit bigger, more physical than um, <clears throat> than what we're used to as well. Um, but that's exciting, and you know we've we've certainly done our diligence and and watched a lot of video of them, and we've a fair idea of what's what to expect. Um, and we've got a, a game plan that we have absolute belief in will be enough to to get a big victory this Sunday. Olton is part of the key to this. If the if the forwards in your group get good ball, that you want to move a big side like this around, so you want to be. You're going to need to play at a fairly fast tempo. Uh, yeah, I mean that's not not a bad idea. Uh, it's it's almost similar to when we played uh, Toulouse a couple of years ago, and maybe the last time we were in the Champions Cup. That uh, that so that so many players over 100, 120, 130 kilos. Like it was it was probably one of the heaviest packs in the world in the scrum. We definitely felt that, but uh, we just realised that moving the ball at pace, they found it quite tough to live with. So I mean that. Yeah, that could easily be said to be similar this weekend. They do have a lot of heavy players, depending who they who they play out. So uh, uh, a bit of tempo might might work. Andy, what's the verdict now on uh, Friday night? It's a bit of a reality check, I think, is what you described it as afterwards. Have you expanded on that at all? Yeah, we um, our first five minutes we showed that we could we could compete, and then we uh, then we stopped for whatever reason. Um, we. Yeah, we we paid compliment to Leinster. They were good, but we gave them easy access and and uh, yeah, they made gain line because we didn't get bodies in front. We need to get bodies in front better. We need to have show a bit more desire there in that area. So we were disappointed with that. Um, we put that to bed a couple of days ago, and hopefully we get a better response against Montpellier this weekend. You've quite a few injuries to deal with, but you've got uh, Alton potentially coming back. He he didn't want to say he was picked, which was fair enough when we were speaking to him a little while ago. Um, but they're a very, very big side. You're going to have to be, dare I say, use the word cute in how you play them because you won't. an arm wrestle with Montpellier would be a very unpleasant, could be a very difficult 80 minutes. Yeah, you're dead right. You know, they're a very physical side, uh, very large men, um, so we're, we're really aware of that. We've had a good look at, uh, at their previous games and, as you say, if we get in an arm wrestle, we're, we're in strife there, so... We're going to avoid that arm wrestle as best we can. We know there's going to be some some uh, some set piece battles there, and and I'll back our scrum to 
to handle that uh, more time again uh, we'll back ourselves uh, in those areas but that's not the area we're going to be wanting to play we're going to be wanting to to move them around a bit and get them chasing do you have to make a decision which is more important the champions cup the pro 14 is that is that in your mind at all because this run of games You've got four European games out of five, but in the middle of it, you've got a vital sort of Pro 14 home game. Then you've got Interpros. It's it's a really complex package to put together. Yeah, it is. At this point in time, we don't, um, but we may. We may have to have to um, to make a decision on that, just depending upon how results go and how injuries go. You know, we we know we've got a we've got one of the smaller squads. I've got enormous faith in that squad, but we need that squad to be fit. Um, as we'd be aware, we've got a few injuries in, in key position at the moment, in one key position at the moment. Um, but listen, if we're going to get those men back, uh, dribs and drabs, Alton is back for this week, so we get another one of our locks back, which is pleasing. So we'll just see how these next few weeks play out and we'll make some calls if we need to after that. OK, we don't want to dwell too much on the Leinster game, but we didn't hear your after-match thoughts, guys. Lenny, your... Thoughts a few days later? I think it was possibly a timely reminder how limited Connett's squad is, particularly when it comes up against teams like Leinster and particularly in as we were approaching the Champions Cup. We've always had limited resources and most of the coaches who have been in Connett, in fact all of the coaches who have ever coached Connett have always done very, very well with those resources. Andy Friend similarly. But when it comes up, when you have a huge a long list of injuries like we have at the moment when you take out you know three key players who are who are second row players when you take out some of the players from the front row that front five you know was was up against basically a te- a champions cup team of Leinster and the pro 14 champions they certainly were william i thought it was a poor performance by connacht thought they lacked resilience um they didn't react well to being put under pressure. It's the third big game in a row that they've lost. There was the two quarterfinals last season, Sale and Ulster. Very similar situations. Didn't lose the games by as much. But it was a similar pattern at the start. They were squeezed hard and they didn't react well to it. They made three or four errors on Friday night and they were three or four scores down. And the game was gone before it had even started. They came back reasonably well in the second half. I think they must have got a real rocket at half time. I'd say it was pretty brutal. And all they can do is learn from it. But it's, it's concerning with Interpros. Our, our record in them is about two wins a season. And it helps when, if you could win your first one, at, especially when it's at home. The next Interpro is at home. And then they're going to play uh, quite three of them away. So that, that's just a subplot. All they can do is park it. Leinster were hugely impressive. And they seem to me to have anything have got a bit more brutal and a bit more uh, sort of... Pardon? Sorry, I was just saying sort of like hardened. Yes, that's a perfect... Yeah, they have. Leinster used to be a bit sort of floppy around the edges. I think Stuart Lancaster and Contopomi have come in there and, you know, they were... they were annoyed with the fact that they didn't play well in the second half, whereas they should have just been saying, we got five points, let's get out of here. Uh, it was an interesting night, and uh, we'll see now who it leads into Sunday. We certainly will, and if you want to have a look, um, myself and Danny did some stats based on that first 15 minutes. The first seven times that Leinster went for the gain line, they got over it. 
and each one of those seven times and they got two scores from it. Connacht only managed to get over the gain line five times in 12 carries and got two penalties. And that essentially was the difference between the teams. They had that power and attitude. Connacht didn't quite have it. But I think we'll leave that there. There's been enough to say because we've got so much to talk about this week with um, Champions Cup. It's back, Lindley. I know, isn't it exciting? What, first time? A couple of years, a couple of years since... uh, we left it, I think, on Pat Lambs last year, didn't we? Mm, and yes. yes. So it's where, it's, look, it's where every single rugby club in, in Europe wants to be, don't they? They want to be in the Champions Cup. This is the big boys. And, you know, and with, with that comes, it's good for the, it's good for the club. It's, it's good for the players because that's where they want to be. Let's face it, if you, if you want to get on any national side, you really need to be playing at this high level. Um, and it brings the crowds, and particularly over the festive season, I think it's even you know more impressive to have Champions Cup rugby here. Let's face it, you know the Challenge Cup has been very good to Connacht, and Connacht have been very good for the Challenge Cup down through the years, and we've had some wonderful occasions. Um, but it's really, in many ways, a, a non-entity when it comes to the front line of rugby, and you know. I think this is if we can if we can manage to even be in the Champions Cup every year doesn't necessarily mean to say we have to win it doesn't necessarily no. mean to say we have to qualify for the semi-finals or quarter-finals because there's you know there's so many teams within the Champions Cup that don't do that I think that is where Connacht need to continue to aim for. I think you're right, William. You were over in Cardiff last week talking to plenty of people about the Champions Cup. Yeah, I mean, it was the launch of the European season, but the Challenge Cup doesn't really get much of a mention. Um, And obviously the big story was the fact that Saracens didn't turn up to do their press uh, stuff. And they've also basically said that they're going to write this competition off completely this season. Uh, They've no interest in it because they feel they have to concentrate on the Premiership now with their points deduction. We'll see if that actually happens. They're they're playing in uh, Paris on, uh, on Sunday. But... I think it was interesting. The view in the English media was that that was the right decision for them to take um, because they they don't want to get relegated. They don't want to finish in the bottom three in the Premiership. So that's, that's an interesting sideline that the competition winners might ignore this competition, which opens it up for certain other teams who might... And that would include Leinster, without a doubt, who... Going back again to, to Friday night, really, the Pro 14 is Leinster and 13 other teams, really. They, they, they're on a slightly different level when they're, when they're on. Yeah. And if they bring that into Europe, they'll go very close again. I think they will. And we have some audio. So let's hear from sale coach Steve Diamond and the EPCR CEO, Simon Halliday. So the elephant in the room today was... Saracen's difficult situation, bit of shock in rugby in general yesterday, and then they made a decision not to attend today. So, are you frustrated by that? I think I think the whole thing is frustrating because obviously it, it takes away from uh, you know what we're trying to focus on, which is the is the excitement behind the competition. Uh, I, I I know I speak for Saracens when when I know that that Europe is for them incredibly important, and uh, it wasn't for that that they weren't here today. I think we all know that. Um, a lot of people forget EPCR is, is made up of the leagues and the unions. You know, we are them and they are us. So, uh, you know, it's very clear that these teams are presented by their respective leagues to be in the tournaments. And, um, you know, so it's, it's I'm not saying it's, dom- it's a domestic issue because I think it affects the whole game. But the, I think what you've seen over the last few weeks with the Rugby World Cup and, and is a whole series of 
uh, questions around you know, eligibility of teams, where foreign players are playing, uh, player welfare, you name it. Rugby is going through a whole series of challenges, and I suspect this is another one of those. The big news is Saracens. Has that tainted what they've done in the last number of years, when you do the dig down? Yeah, I, I think it will do. If, if it ultimately comes out and these sanctions stick, then, yeah, people will always ask a question, and I think they've done some marvellous things. Um, but ultimately, the competition is owned by benefactors, investors, and they all agreed that we stick, we 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 we, we the line. And there was a, an amnesty of sorts a few years ago where certain teams were spending above the cap or, you know, in, um, ways of getting around it. And they also said, look, the competition loses between 30 and 40 million pounds a year. We've got to put a cap on this. And the, the one thing that happens when new money comes into the, the rugby businesses, it's really only the players who benefit. You know, your coaches don't get increases in money. It's just the player agents who drive that money up. And some would say fair enough. But unlike Premier, Premiership football, there's not a, an endless pit of money. And the reason for the cap is to stop the inflation on those salaries. And I'm, I was a bit disappointed that when it came out that one club, well, allegedly one club, chose not to stick to the party line. I think I think this situation is no different than any walk of life. If allegedly they've committed the offence three times or three years on the rattle, well, you've this. If you if you were a man in the street and you committed a burglary three times, you'd get a, a stiffer sentence than if you'd done it once, wouldn't you? Great stuff from the two guys. That was really interesting, and let's leave that. I think there's been enough spoken about Saracens, and I think everyone has their opinion. Right, I suppose the big thing that Connacht fans are interested in this week is, is who's injured and who's not after Leinster played a Champions Cup-style game against us last weekend and, and put us under a lot of pressure. So who's going to be available this week and, and who's still injured? OK, uh, coming back to full training this week, Shane Delahunt and Matt Healy. And Nee Adia Logan will be available. He's been following HIA uh, return to play protocols. Now, who won't be available from last week is Finlay Bealham, who injured his ankle and is out for three to four weeks. Kieran Marmion, who was on the bench for Leinster and was taken off it, he's now out for a similar length of time with a back problem. Sean O'Brien has had surgery and is in an indefinite uh, period of time to return. And the remaining injuries are pretty much the same. Uh, Owen McKeown is still about three to four weeks away. Tiernan O'Halloran is Christmas. Quinn Roo, three to four weeks. Gavin Thornbury is in the new year. And Paddy McAllister is probably sometime mid-January. So it's a pretty extensive list of and some key places. Obviously, second row and prop, they are, they are short. And they're now going into four European games in five weeks. And in the middle of it, they've got an absolutely key Pro 14 game at home to the Kings. The Kings are in our conference. And they, ha- and they had their first away win last weekend. Yeah, they managed to beat the Ospreys. Um, not quite sure how James Hook missed that penalty, but look, that happens. Uh, yeah, great for them. Badly needed. Probably just about shows how poor the Ospreys are, because to be fair, Kings are still a pretty ropey outfit, but... Look, they got some points at the end of their trip. They, they got more out of their three-match tour than the Cheetahs did. 
they certainly did. We'll we'll have uh, a fixtures up our results update in a couple of minutes, but because we want to talk about who are Connacht going to get in to help replace some of these players, because we have a squad of forty-one players. So, Lindley, you've got some of those names. Yeah, actually, there's four new players being drafted in to to uh, help out, and uh, three of them are. Irish and one of them, the first one is Will Goddard and he is an Australian player obviously who Andy Friend is very familiar with. He is um, pretty much a utility back player. He can play I think out half, he can play full back he's, and uh, according to Andy Friend he's of Irish heritage that always helps. Yeah, and the other three, one will be familiar with Connacht, it's Peter McCabe, he's been drafted in for obviously for four months uh, to help out in the front row and then we have two young players who are coming up through the academy, who are on the, in the academy. One is Cormac Daly, who is originally from Kildare, and he's a second-row Eagles player. And, and the fourth player is Niall Murray. He's the Roscommon Academy player. He's, um, he was captain of the Irish under-20s at some stage, so he's obviously um, another talent for the future. He most certainly is. So there's some, some interesting things there. Now, before we talk about, you know, specifically about the Montpellier game, let's hear the results from last weekend and where it leaves everybody in the table and the fixtures, the other European fixtures that are happening this weekend. Here's William. Round six of the Guinness Pro 14 has been completed and here are the results. Friday, November the 8th, Connacht 11, Leinster 42, Edinburgh 20, Dragons 7. Saturday, 9th of November, Ospreys 14, Southern Kings 16, Zebra 7, Glasgow Warriors 31, Cardiff Blues 30, Cheetahs 17, Munster 22, Ulster 16, Scarlets 20, Benetton 17. Conference A, Leinster have a 100% record. Played 6, won 6, 5 bonus points. They lead on 29. Ulster are in second with four wins, two losses and four bonus points. They are on 20 points. The Cheetahs are in third with three wins and three losses, five bonus points. They have 17 points. Fourth are the Glasgow Warriors with a similar record of three and three with three bonus points on 15 points. The Dragons are in fifth place in Conference A with two wins, four losses and one bonus point. Nine points. The Ospreys have one win, five losses, two bonus points, six points. And Zebre remain on no wins, six losses, two bonus points, two points. In Conference B, Munster are on five wins and one loss from their six games with four bonus points, and they lead on 24 points. The Scarlets are in second with five wins, one loss, one bonus point, 21 points. Edinburgh are in third with four wins and two losses, three bonus points on 19. Connacht are in fourth with four wins, two losses, three bonus points, and they're also on 19 points. Benetton have gone to a record of two wins, four losses, four bonus points in 12 points, so that they're in fifth. The Cardiff Blues have a similar win-loss ratio. Two wins, four losses, two bonus points on 10. And the Southern Kings are celebrating their first away win in the Pro 14. They now have one win, five losses, two bonus points, and they're in seventh place with six points. 
taking a quick look at Connacht's European opponents in their final week of action before they also go into Europe. In the English Premiership, it finished Gloucester 12, Saracens 21. In the top 14 in France, it finished Toulon 19, Montpellier 19, Toulouse 34, Clermont-Auvergne 8. Both Montpellier and Toulouse have played nine games. Montpellier are in seventh overall with three wins, four losses, two draws and three bonus points to give them 19. And Toulouse are also played nine, won four, lost five, no draws, three bonus points. They've also got 19 points. And the European Champions Cup begins on Friday night with one match in Pool 5. Gloucester versus Toulouse with a 7.45 kickoff. On Saturday, three Irish teams are in action. In Pool 3 at 1pm, Bath play Ulster. In Pool 1 at 3.15pm, Leinster play Benetton. And in Pool 4 at 5.30pm, Ospreys play Munster. And then on Sunday, November the 17th, the second game in Pool 5 of the weekend... The one that we're all interested in, Connacht versus Montpellier, with a 1pm kickoff in the sports ground. Montpellier. They're big and brutal. I remember watching a match in Montpellier with teeth flying. I, I distinctly remember it because they were looking for the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I and you know they are they are a big big team and they will cause Connacht a few problems up front if they're given a foothold in that position, particularly in the scrums the lineouts as well and if they get into position to, to maul, you know, it will take some good technique from Connacht to be able to stop them and that is going to be the major issue for Connacht uh, to keep them away from those positions where they're being a to keep those from away from those positions where they can score easily. I think the thing with Connacht and the tactics that obviously Andy Friend will be employing is to keep basically to move, to keep them moving because while they're big, they're not necessarily uh, athletic or f- as fit as what Connacht players would be. And so, and that has been traditionally uh, the way with French teams, that Connacht have always uh, under Pat Lam, it was to keep them busy to keep running, to keep the ball in hand to push them, to tire them out. And we've seen that time and time again and that's how we have beaten French players players in the past so I wouldn't expect anything else Absolutely, I think they've got something like 17 or 18 players who are 110 kilograms it's over 17 stone um, available to them they've 22 capped players across their squad, it's a huge challenge Yeah, it's a big challenge I, I th- I'm glad it's not Toulouse or uh, Gloucester coming here first because I think their jo- minds might be a bit more on the job I'm not entirely sure where Montpellier's head will be. They finished sixth last year in the top 14. They have only won three games this season out of nine. Same as Toulouse. Now, they have had two draws. So they're mid-table. But it's been a slow enough start to that season. And you wonder, are they focusing on this or are they focusing on the top 14? There's no, in my view, Toulouse will be one of the sides that feel they can win the Champions Cup. I'm not sure where Gloucester are either. They were bang average on Saturday I watched their game against Saracens they were at home Saracens were obviously had circled the wagons and wanted to prove their point but Gloucester played poorly in that game 
um, which I think surprised them. The crowd got on their back. They also got on Saracen's back as well. It was quite, quite a febrile atmosphere. The place was absolutely packed. But I think on Sunday the key for Connacht is they've got to they've got to compete from the start. They cannot give this team a foothold in the game, uh, but they are huge. And if you're playing big men, you got to move them. You got to keep them moving all the time. You've got to get the pace of the game played at the tempo you want and stuff they have to look out for and it happens a lot in top 14 rugby is there are more drinks breaks and players changing their boots and contact lenses and trainers running on and off so get in the ear of the referee and tell them to look out for that because they need little rest periods to get air into their lungs we, we look we've seen it over there french sides they go crazy for half an hour and then by half time they're they're all standing around sucking air yeah. That's what I want to see on Sunday. I want to see Connacht hit. They've got to hit from the beginning, yeah. without you know not making not, not over overdriving your defence and making mistakes. But you can't be as passive as you were against Leinster. There was a there was something it didn't look right at the start of that game. It wasn't what you expect from Connacht. If they replicate that, they could be in trouble. This side have some very decent backs, but they tend to keep the ball in the forwards. They kick to the corner, they maul, they love scrums, and they love the game played at this plodding pace. So take that advantage away from them. You have to get the game moving at speed and keep it going through the phases. Win your home games, give yourself a foothold on the table. Yeah, so who, who are we looking at seeing back on the field? Are we going to see Matt Healy, who's sponsored by Marty Rabbits? Are we going to see... Um, Jack Harty will obviously start. I'm assuming will Bundy start? Like will will he has he got into the phase now that you know he can start even though the other centres are playing well? I think you can't help but not start Bundy. You know this is this is the tournament for Bundy. We need the players, the big players on the pitch, and Jack and Bundy are two of those big players. And remember, Bundy is so inspirational when he goes out on that pitch and he pumps his chest and he pumps the air, and you know the the players respond to that enthusiasm from Bundy and he is going to be a huge big hitter we hope against some of these 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 big brutal uh, Montpellier players so definitely Bundy should be out on that pitch who he who he plays alongside it depends it, it really depends on the tactics that uh, Andy Friend is looking at if he wants to keep them moving and he wants to kick behind behind Montpellier and make them run he may want to employ maybe another kicker in the back, the backs so you could see Kyle Godwin outside him um, despite the fact that Tom Farrell obviously and Peter Robb have been playing have been playing exceptionally well but it just depends on what tactics he goes for but he has options out on the wings as well he's got Healy coming back he's got Knee John he's Porch, also got John Porch and Stephen Fitzgerald and, and he did talk briefly there about Dara Leader, who he was very delighted with and thought he played well at fullback. So he has the choice of Dara Leader at fullback or Stephen Fitzgerald if, if he wanted to, but it looks like he, he'd possibly go with that. He did say he wanted a big kicker there, so and a left foot kicker, so maybe that's the option he's going to employ there. Cool, and, and I assume we'll see Fianga starting in this game because the back row have played an awful lot of rugby. That current back row have played a huge amount of rugby. Boyle, Butler and um, Masterson. Um, they've played an awful lot of rugby, so the likes of Fayenga is going to be needed. Maybe, or maybe you load up this game and you take your chances in Toulouse. I think they're almost going one game at a time. It, you know, I asked him, is it Champions Cup or Pro 14 that you're... And he said, at the moment, both. 
but at some stage they might have to make a decision and say it has to switch to Pro 14 because you've got to be realistic you've probably got to win four games to get out of this even come second in this pool and to get enough points so it's a judgement call from them so maybe load up here and then try something slightly different in Toulouse Um, and that would be a big opportunity for those players if you did and he's got to mind a few of these players that are coming back but They've also got to play rugby. You can't keep them in cotton wool. I don't think you could keep Bundy off the field. I could not imagine him being on the touchline for this game. I think, I think he would explode if he had to sit on that bench and wait his chance. So I think he'll be sent out there. And it's up to the, the leaders have got to stand up on, on Sunday because I think it, it, we know it's going to be physical. That goes without saying. But they also, if Connor can be clever, then that's, that's where they might just get a result here. Yeah, and I think Ulton Delan is going to be a huge, bring a huge amount to it. You know, an international class player, bring bring brought back into the second row. Um, again, if you look at back at last weekend's game, the second row were just outpowered, outmuscled, outthought. Um, you're looking at, at Ulton to bring, you know, his experience and his power and his size into this game. That's assuming Ulton's picked, as he gently pointed out to me when I uh, said to him, he did say it with a smile on his face. Uh, but I suppose you're not picked until you're picked. That's fair enough. The teams will be out on Friday. Keep an eye out for that and we'll um, have some audio before the game. And of course, we're back with the match and the podcast on Monday. Thanks, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side.